Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He maketh me lie down in green pastures and leads me beside still waters. He revives my soul and guides me along right pathways for his name's sake. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, please be seated. Well, I haven't made it a practice to veer from preaching the gospel most Sundays until now. I've chosen to veer from preaching the gospel with this obscure and often overlooked passage in the book of Acts. I would venture to say that for many, this might be the first time you've ever heard Tabitha's story. And if so, I find it more than fitting that of all days, Tabitha makes her appearance in our lectionary on Mother's Day, a Sunday that in many ways can be a most joyous occasion for some, and a day that might conjure up much different emotions for others. So wherever you find yourself today, whether it's taking delight in being a mother for the first time, celebrating your mother with brunch and flowers, or being woke up with cakes by your own children, or perhaps you're just trying to get through another Mother's Day because of loss or grief, or there are complications in your relationship with your mother which make days like today, well, complicated. And then there are those like me, a motherless daughter, one who has walked the road of having lost a mother at an early age, and the struggles and pain that come with this lifelong grief. Spectrum of emotions over the years on this day that is set apart for our mothers. Especially since crossing the threshold a few years ago, when I now have lived longer without my mother than I did with my mother. And when spending time with this text this week, I can't help but see similar emotions in the story in the book of Acts, this woman Tabitha. We see joy and delight sadness. And so again, I will say, wherever you find yourself today in your own relationship with your mother, whether she's alive or now surrounding us as one in the communion of saints, we acknowledge the roles that mothers have. And we see how Tabitha was a mother to many, a provider, a caretaker, a disciple who very much has followed in the footsteps of Jesus. And most importantly, I think, an example of how the early church thrived with a mother. Tabitha. She is the only one in the entire New Testament who, when referencing her, uses the feminine form of the Greek word for disciple. She is the one who holds that. Tabitha, she's a female disciple. 
Interestingly enough, her name means gazelle. Who, by its very nature, is fast, efficient, and appreciated for its grace. A gazelle was a symbol most commonly associated in Arabic literature with female beauty. I picture Tabitha as a woman of efficiency, grace, resourcefulness, and because she made garments, perhaps a woman who even had an eye for fashion, and I'm all about that. Who would have ever thought we would remember who actually cared about fashion? Well, Tabitha is that woman. But before we dive into the text, I would like to just set the stage a bit before the book of Acts begins to focus on the ministry of Paul, Luke outlines Peter's ministry among the Jews. Okay? The book of Acts tells of the founding of the Christian church and how it spread. If you want to know about first century church, read the book of Acts. They are so receptive to the Christian message, but soon they quickly turn against the followers of Jesus. They reject it. So under the Apostle Paul, the message is taken to the Gentiles instead of the Jews. Our passage this morning about Tabitha is the second of two healings done by Peter, which in many ways authenticates his own gospel ministry. So here we are. The ancient seaport of Jerusalem. It's modern-day Tel Aviv. It's there we find a disciple whose name is Tabitha. And this is what Tabitha had, well, this is what Tabitha did. She was always doing good. She was always helping the poor. She was devoted in her charitable works, and she lived in the fear of the Lord. In Acts, it is Tabitha who gives us a model of Christian marginalized in society of that time. And who were those who were marginalized? It was the widows and it was the orphans. They were the ones that she looked after. Little help was available to them. But Tabitha, she was a beacon of light for those in society who deemed them as worthless even sadder, they were the ones who were just forgotten about. But those are exactly the ones that Tabitha, gazelle, has given life to. But here we are in a story where she dies. And when she dies, her life-giving work dies with her. Well, as in traditional Jewish custom, once a person dies, a body is washed, and then it was placed in a room upstairs. Knowing that the Apostle Peter was close enough, he was urgently summoned with these words, please come. And as soon as Peter arrived, he was taken upstairs to where Tabitha's body was laid. And there he was confronted with a moving scene involving those whom Tabitha had cared for. 
And what does he see? All of the widows, all of the orphans stood around him. They were wailing, they were crying for Tabitha. And once Peter makes his way through this crowd of grieving widows and orphans, the widows begin to tell stories about Tabitha. Well, in many ways, that's right in line with what we still do. We tell stories when a loved one has died. And that is the scene in which Peter enters into. probably the most sacred space there is on this side of heaven. You just never know what will be said, but one thing is for sure. The notion of remembering seems to be innate within all of us. Transcending time, transcending place, this is just what we do when facing difficult situations. We tell stories to remember, to heal, and to recall, to provide comfort. And apparently, remembering Tabitha meant remembering her craft, her handiwork. For this is what it says in the book of Acts. The widows, they stood beside Peter. They were weeping, and they were showing him tunics and other clothing that she had made while she was In their ultimate show of devotion, the widows show the beautiful robes and garments that Tabitha had made for them. Her handiwork is on full display for everyone to see. The widows were proud of this woman, and they wanted Peter to see all the beauty that she had created for them. So surrounded by these stunning garments and the lovely stories that accompanied them, I wonder if Peter was so deeply moved that he had to do something. What Peter did next was model what he had seen Jesus do many, many times before. And just like Jesus, Peter's actions show his total dependence upon God. So what does he do? He boldly asked the risen Lord to apply his resurrection power to this saint of God who has just died. Just like what Jesus had done in similar situations. So he sent everyone out of the room. He fell on his knees. He then issues this simple command to this dead woman. Tabitha Kumi. Get up, Tabitha. And in virtue of Jesus' power and through prayer, Tabitha gets up. She is healed. She opens her eyes, sits up, and says hello to Peter. <coughs> and similar to Jesus, once this happened, people were in awe. Hold fast. 
The power at work through Peter was not his own, but came from the risen Jesus. And news of the resurrection of Tabitha, not Jesus, but Tabitha leads to many who believed in saving faith. Luke made it a point in the book of Acts to point to everyone and to say this. Many people believed in the Lord Tabitha. And what's more is that with this healing, Peter has inaugurated the start of the Gentile mission. This is why we are seated in our seats today. This act of resurrecting Tabitha was the start of the first century church. And again, in God's providential plan, one of the people he chooses to start this mission was with a woman, a gazelle of a woman who made garments, who mothered an entire community of folks through her sewing, all the while having a keen eye for fashion. What a woman! So through Tabitha, we see that caring for others and creating community simply by helping to meet a need is what propelled the first century into full force. Perhaps that might sound a bit familiar. What we've done at Grace. We've listened to our neighbors. We've listened to our community who said we're hungry. And so what did we do? We decided we wanted to feed them. By this very act, we too are following in the footsteps of the first century church. And like I said last week, when we say yes, and when we choose to let our skills and talents be used, we are entering into the mission of God made known in Jesus Christ, which Tabitha, of all people, help to set into motion. That, my friends, is why it's important to remember her. That is why I believe Luke chose to include her story in the narrative of how the church, the first century church, began and thrived. That is why, on this Mother's Day, we remember a woman who was a mother to so many in many ways, a mother to our very own church.